welcome again to the Yes and I Am podcast, the podcast where we learn about people. I'm Aaron Max, and today's guest, I I know I say I'm super excited about every guest that comes on the show, but this one like has a special place in my heart. Brings me back to my high school days when I was trying to start a band. I, we played covers of your music. Oh my god! And uh, I'm just so thrilled to have you in the studio with us here today. I'm talking about lead singer of Green Day, Billy Joe Armstrong. What the fuck is up, uh, Green Day? Yeah. No. Um, I'm gonna have to adjust my levels for you, Billy Joe, because that um definitely peaked a mic. Uh, how are you doing? I'm used to people adjusting themselves for me because, like, it's like, if you have the equipment to handle me, then use it. You know what you're gonna get when you book me! Wow, you are, um, quite intense. Uh, so, uh... I'm just tired of, like, an industry of bullshit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Left and right... People are trying to tell me what to be, and I've been in this bit. I've been on top of the. Fu- we have international super hits. You do. I laid a dookie, and it was a hit. You yeah. got questions or something? Yeah, no, I've got. Uh, what brings you to New York? Ah, uh, this is the only place I can get a good gravity bomb. Good gravity bomb. Yeah, you take a, a New York trash can, you set it up with trash bags, you fill that shit up, it's the only way to live at this point. I've I've basically, I've topped out all of my receptors from a CBDs. And I need need my medicine! Yeah. Well, I know uh, currently you are uh, now on tour with your new side project, uh, The Long Shot. Yeah, it's art for for the last time, I guess. Can't, I can't keep doing this shit. I mean, we're gonna act this way. You're 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 getting up in age. You're 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 46 now. I look 28. You do. I look 28. I always will. Has that affected you in life? I well, fucking invented eyeliner. Do you realize that? You you invent you just, wearing wearing a neon belt with spikes on it. I did that shit before anyone else did, and I'm I'm gonna stay young forever because I learned how to use makeup early. I mean, makeup does make you look younger. That is true. But, like, you're you're a shorter fellow and stuff. Have you always, like, felt like you had a chip on your shoulder because, like, you look younger and you're, like, smaller in stature? Playing punk music, which is what I do. It's authentic punk. I play authentic punk music. In order to do that, you gotta look like a badass. You gotta feel like one. Maybe I was pushed around as a kid because I was little, huh? Maybe people made fun of the way I enunciated things when I didn't enunciate things. Well, guess who's the new voice of a generation? And that generation hasn't died yet. They're just getting more money, and so will I as soon as it picks up. So It's kind I, of a long shot. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I like how you went back to the title of your new side project. Oh, um, shit, did I do that to myself? God damn it. Do you do that a lot? Do accidentally title things in a way that allows people to understand my intent when I began them? Yes, brain stew was nonsense. I wrote it down, and it's just fucking a scramble. It's like Hannibal Lecter taking taking some cerebellum and frying it up. That's all it is. Uh, so you, you're talking about influences to your songs. Uh, let's just... Thomas Harris's novels. 
Oh. Yeah. Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal. Hannibal Rising, probably the greatest book ever written. It's a prequel. You find out that he ate his sister. Uh, one person I want to mention is uh, your longtime uh, lover of yours, uh, mm-hmm. get, who you have just called Amanda. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she has seemed to like influence a lot of your songs. Well, you, if you're trying, if you have a life, that's what you gotta use. And I, I have Amanda. Mm-hmm. Amanda hugging kiss. Um, Amanda hugging kiss. Is something fucking funny about my life to you? Why do I... I've had to do so many fucking press junkets with people that don't even know the names of my fucking songs. Yeah, no, Amanda. I... That's who I'm talking about. That That is one of the names you of your songs, too. Yeah, of course. Um, it seems like things didn't end too well with her, though. No. Um, I Not mean, everybody can the last song you, The last song you wrote about her was What's Her Name off the album American Idiot. And that's uh, quite a somber song. Things didn't end too well with her? No. You, you don't even want to call her a name because you called her what's-her-name on the album? But she lives in Canada now, if that's what you wanted to know. She's out of state, and do, I'm the idiot. Do you wish you lived in Canada? Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, let, let's, let's, <coughs> let, we'll, we'll come back to this. You know, We don't have to talk about this right now. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's all right. Mm. Um, so mm. you started Green Day uh, in high school, actually. Yeah, uh, I was a visionary. I was you, you and, genius. You and um, bassist Mike Dirt had actually been friends since age ten. Dirt, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I I don't keep in contact with anyone I was talking to when I was ten. Uh, it's important. People who knew you before you were excellent really know the real you. And back then, you know, like. I like stuff that everybody likes. Bottle caps, paper airplanes, making guns out of whalebone. You know, typical country boy stuff. It's kind of crazy, though. Like, you're 46 now, so you've been friends with him for 36 years. Yeah, yeah. And he he remembers things that I would rather forget, so I don't, I don't spend that much time with him anymore. Other than when you're, like, back together with Green Day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of amazing how you guys have managed to keep the same lineup for over 30 years. Um, most bands, like, tend to, like, switch their lineups, switch singers and stuff. Like, but you guys have been together for, like, the 90s, the oh, yeah. 2000s. Like, yeah, decades. Decades. Yeah, no. Oh, we're how, legendary. Does anybody, uh, how did the Beatles stay together? Well, they didn't. They fucking broke up. You know why? Because they had a competitive attitude toward each other. It's like they had never, they didn't have love languages. They just had, like, let's try this religion. Maybe that'll help. Because they fucking need help. Everybody needs help. I knew that early because I needed therapy on my own, on my own time. So I said, you know what? We're going to. We're gonna write each other notes. We're gonna make sure that if, if you if you need if Dirk needs a gift every once in a while and feel valued, then here's a new base. I mean, I can afford that. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so but it's been the same lineup. You, Mike Dirt, and your drummer Trey Cool for like what's been thirty years. How do you not hate each other by this point? Um. Well, Trey. Trey has an interesting role in the band because you know he hasn't known me as long as Dirk, so. 
when he when he sees that I'm stressed out, Dirk is already frustrated. And he tells me, like, we have buttons. We have buttons and we push for each other. But cool will walk up to me and he'll say, the, underneath that eyebrow, there's something highbrow. That's what he says to me. And, and, it, and it helps me remember that this is fucking authentic punk. And no one else is doing it. And if, I, and if no one's writing against the establishment, then I guess we're fucking okay with it then. Okay, so you're calling yourself authentic yeah. punk. Yeah. What would you say to those uh, critics out there that call you guys posers and quote-unquote pop punk? Okay, I don't care what a critic thinks. Uh, they, don't, they don't pay my bills. They just write shit, and that, they make their living taking other people's art, digesting it into words, which my, my art isn't words. My art is a performance. It's an audio experience. And it's, it's truth told through several filters that allows me to show myself to people. And if, and if you're going to make, make a career and I'm tearing apart somebody's work, then I, I don't know why I should give you the time of day. Now, Billy Joe, you, you've been seen as quite a prolific artist. Yeah. I mean, you have so many albums yeah. out there um, and so many hits. I want to know what... Your favorite song you have written was. Jesus of Suburbia. That's probably it. That's the one I want because if I want to be remembered for anything, it's bringing a sense of agnostic anger to. A Protestant suburban world where it hadn't where it hadn't been brought before. People looked at what I did and they said, "But well, there's truth in that. I can go into my diocese, and you know, there's a guy walking outside. He's homeless. He hangs out with hookers. He uh, says things that are confusing. Do we listen to him? No, no. But some people wrote a book that approximates this guy's like I, I don't need to get into all that but Wait, that's so what I did. So you're talking about actual Jesus right now or the Jesus of suburbia? I'm saying that the Jesus of suburbia is widely ignored and I think that's a problem. You remember the homeless man with the golden voice? Yeah, I, I do. I when I saw that video. The, the YouTube I don't have a voice like that but that guy's walking around on the street and he's he's beauty incarnate. And it, when I see someone who is down on their luck and they don't have money I say hey I got a couple joints in my pocket. Do you need one? And then I, and then I smoke one with them. And I hear their story, and honestly, I've been robbed twice, but I don't care about what happened to me. I care what happens to that person when they walk around with. I mean, there's a thousand dollars in my pocket. They're gonna go score maybe, or maybe they put that to good use, and that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night because I've touched so many why people. Why don't you just and... give them money though? Why do you have to wait for them to rob you? Because there's two different kinds of green, man. There's the green that grows, and there's the the green that eats you up inside. And I want I want to give people growth. And <laughs> I'm the David Foster Wallace of authentic punk. Okay. Um, so, you, you claim again you, you're authentic punk. Yeah. Um, how, how come no other punk rock band has written a musical? Oh, Because <laughs> they don't know how to, they don't know how to fucking, you know who needs to hear this shit? The rich assholes who can afford a Broadway ticket. Those fucking pigs need to walk into that theater, one kind of person walk out another. You need to understand what's going on in the world outside their fucking bubble. 
Like, how come the Ramones never won a Tony Award? Because they're not fucking musicians, okay? We're three people! We can beat the shit out of the Ramones. They're like four or five people, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, more or less. Around four or five people? Yeah. We're three people! It's true. I, uh, do, I do guitar and singing at the same time. That's impressive. I do guitar good. And sing at the same time an, auth- an authentic sound. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't deny that. Um, I think the mo when you've got your uh, first like pushback was when you uh, released the song Good Rinnets, which mm. is like kind mm. of a ballad. Yeah. And the, most people were like, whoa, that is not punk rock at all. <laughs> they didn't even, a, lot, a lot of people don't know that like that song's a Green Day song, too. Well, here's. Here's what people need to know about that song. Did did Lead Belly have an electric guitar? Lead Belly? Did Lead Belly have an electric guitar? I don't I don't know who Lead Belly is. Did, well, do your punk research. He's the first punk musician. He's a man who whose songs and arts were stolen by by other people, and his authenticity was was taken around the world and and shown off. What what does he have to show for it? So that's that's why I. Enjoy the riches I have, because I understand I'm I'm a very lucky person to be appreciated for the for the originality that is inside me. And Lead Belly had a twelve string guitar. Other gods of punk? Pete Seeger? I know who Pete Seeger Seeger is, yeah. Uh good. I guess you did some research. I, I wouldn't consider him punk rock though. You'd be wrong about that. James Taylor? Fucking rocks punk rock. No one had said what he had said before. So so uh Fire and Rain! Adele, it shows up later because people just fucking steal from James Taylor. So, so you, you think, you think fi- fire, fire? He wrote, you got a friend. Randy Newman thinks he could just say, in me, and it makes it his song. That's not how that works. I, I was about to correct you there, but you, you uh, had a place you were going to, so great. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> so, so you got a friend is uh, punk rock? Yeah, what is this skepticism I'm hearing? Where's that coming from? Um, Am I, I, I an I, expert in my field? I mean, sure, but I also... I, I, I expect a certain sound from punk rock, which yeah. I don't associate with James Taylor. Okay, all right. That's, about, I mean, that's, that's your prerogative, I guess. But when I, when, when, when I want to rail against the establishment, I want something that I can fall asleep to. Wait, really? I do something that makes me feel melancholy, gives me the energy for the next day, and revitalizes my inner working, uh, allows my gears to turn, uh, uh, to to let let me process what my day has brought me. And Good Riddance was my attempt to maybe pay tribute to that. Mm-hmm. Was your, your attempt to pay tribute to, like, a James Taylor kind of artist? Yeah, like, God's a punk rock. Just Joni Mitchell? She could write the shit out of a punk rock song. Because you know, in a dulcimer, you got three strings. What's a power chord? Three strings. Alright. That song she starts with Jingle Bells? Fuck. It seems like you do listen to a lot of music. I, I assume that, like, you only listen to, like, some artists more than others. I, I like I know you you hang around other uh, quote unquote punk bands like Rancid. You're you're currently uh, mm, mm. did a few shows with the lead singer yeah. of Rancid, um, 
like making like a super group together. Yeah, I'm, super group always makes me feel weird because it's like we're not the superheroes. The fans are the superheroes. When they fucking show up on time. Wait, what? Well, well, your fans don't show up on time? No, we, we, we book a show that starts at 7, people are getting there at 10, and they're like, oh, the headliner's on already? And I'm like, fucking, I came to play three hours, you better be here. I, I've noticed that you do have, like, a tumultuous past with your uh, fans. In uh, 2012 at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. In Come me up early. I fucking... Mm. You, uh, you guys we... stopped mid-performance and just started smashing your instruments. People acting like they never heard the F-word on TV before. I mean, uh, you, you caught a lot of flack for this incident. Oh, did Jimi Hendrix catch some flack? Did The Who catch some flack? Did fucking Linda Ronstadt catch flack when she threw a roller skate through an orange amp? Wait, that happened? Yeah, it's... It's written about in Naked Lunch. Fucking read that shit. Okay. It was before she got big, but it it was formative to who she became and and the music she chose to make. Yeah, no. uh, So so Linda Rod's that punk rock? Yeah. Um, I I just want to list off a few more artists that you say are punk rock, just so our listeners can uh, catch up with you. Um, God, it's like so easy. Uh, I'll just I'll I'll do some stuff that maybe like your audience has heard of because in the last few years or whatever, Tracy Chapman, total punk rock. Jeff Buckley, punk rock indeed. Wait, the last few years, Jeff Buckley. Motherfucker died. Yeah, that's punk rock as shit in a river. It's by nature. Okay, taken by the water. All right. Some people say that made him famous. I think I think it made his art profound. So you can make that argument. If you die, your art gets better. But like the, the, the most famous thing about Jeff Buckley is that he's like his cover of Leonard Cohen's song. Leonard Cohen's an asshat. I'll t- I'll tell it to his face. I hate that man. He's also dead. So I know. I'm I'm someone who communicates with spirits, and I didn't reveal that before now. Is that an important thing to tell? The yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, it, it's interview. definitely interesting. But your tone is not helpful. No, well, you you communicate with spirits. Yes, I communicate. Yes. How you? Th- I mean, you're not the first one to come on this podcast that communicates with spirits, so I'm not too like. I don't think you'd be surprised by anything. I'm surprised about saying James Taylor is punk. I, I think you're pretty. What's the word? Nonplus? Is that is that what I'm looking for? I don't know what that word means. I'm gonna move on. All right. Um. Well, I think we've reached the part of the show where we like to do our speed round of games. We like to play a couple games. First game we play is Fuck Mary Kill. Are mm. you familiar with the game? Yes, I'm familiar with the game. All right. I'll lift off three names. You tell me which category each name goes I'd into. Fuck Lindsay Lohan. I kill Marilyn Monroe again for the things she did. And I. I would marry JFK. Um, well, those are the names. Uh, I'm going to list off the names, and then you tell me after I tell you the names. Oh, you, you're going to do the names? Yeah. All right. First name, The Clash. Second name, The Ramones. Third name, The Sex Pistols. I would kill the Sex Pistols. They got a gun in their name. They want to be dead. I like that. As they also wrong. have sex in their name, though, too. So I know. I know. But here's where I'm going with this. The Clash. I'm going to fuck the shit out of The Clash. Because you know what Clash is? It's two pieces of music going together that shouldn't be. And the Clash is garbage music. They need to feel 
Little Billy Joe. All right. And then what's the last one? The Ramones. The Ramones? Who are these people? Why do you keep bringing them up? I mean, they're one of the most influential punk bands of all time. Did you just say that to my fucking face? Blitzkrieg Who the Bop. fuck do you think you're in? Oh, 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 he just uh, knocked over the furniture. And I'm not... Mm, I'm not done. Oh, oh, okay, um... Oh, boy. Oh, 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 he's throwing stuff now. All right, um... So I think we're gonna just leave that then. Um... Let's move on to some, uh, we like to do some word association. Basically, I will, uh, Dance with my therapist. Yes, I'll say a word, you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Guitar. Billy Joe. Crowd. Ass hats. Broken. Hearts. Mosh. Pit. Punk. Rock! Spike. Lee! Fucking awesome filmmaker. Mohawk. Dirty little bitch boy. Poser. The Clash. Music. Silence was my answer. All right, well, that's about all we have time for today. I want to thank Billy Joe for making it to the studio again. Billy Joe, is there anything you want to say to our audience before you head out? Yeah, uh... Fucking open your fucking eyes, America. Open your eyes. I've been here the whole time. All right. Thank you again for coming, and thank you all for listening, and we will see you all next time. again for listening to the Yes and I Am podcast. This podcast has been completely improvised, so instead of having the actual Billy Joe Armstrong here today, it has been my buddy Robert Price. How's it going, man? It's going good. Anyone listening should know that he told me Billy Joe Armstrong. Uh, I, I was like, oh, I know who that is, and then he hit the play button. So there was not preparation or warning. It's just a lot of fun. Warning is, is a Green Day song. Oh, shit. Warning, live without warning. Yeah, I like the one, uh, I think it's Longing. Yeah, no. If you knew a bass player, they knew how to play Longing. No, of course. <laughs> I was actually thinking about that, because while I was doing my uh, research for this episode, I, like, slid into a Mike Dirt hole. Mike Dirt hole. <laughs> yeah, Dirt isn't his actual last name. Wait, you said Dirt? Yeah, Dirt. I, I just heard Dirk. Yeah, yeah. I, I just mean, called him Dirk. Apparently, his like it's his stage name because Dirt is like the onomatopoeia sound he would do when he was playing air slap bass. No fucking way. So apparently, he would go. I love that. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I know, uh, when I was talking to you earlier, before we did the show, I said that I don't do many, like, celebrity impressions. I can do a pretty accurate, like, Billy Joe Armstrong singing. <laughs> do you have the time to listen to me? Why? Oh, my gosh. I, I uh... 
He has such a, like, voice that, like, does not change between any of his songs. Because he's authentic. That was my He's authentic punk rock. Punk rock can have no variation to their sound. Uh, Also, like, look up Lead Belly. He uses, like, the first great American songwriter. I mean, mean, with a guitar. Because, like, there's Scott Joplin and there's... Oh, okay, so this is going, like, way back. Right, yeah, so, like... There's, there's like, minstrelsy jazz, Scott Joplin, W.C. Handy. They're, like, invented. Yeah, like I, I know. I know J- I, yeah, I know Joplin and W.C. Handley. Handy. Handy. Yeah, that. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> like, who, who cares about this information? I know jazz. Well, I, I know it. <laughs> I know uh, jazz. I have worked so hard to have that label. I should put it on a button on my shoulder. And people can say, hey, name a Miles Davis album. And I'd be like, the shape of cool or something like that. It's something like that. And... Anyway, um, but yeah, he wrote some good songs. There's oh. like one video of him. He's of a Lead Belly? Yeah. He wrote Midnight Special and a bunch of old yeah, songs. Yeah, he's probably ripped off by Elvis. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. There, there, there's an Elvis documentary coming out with like Alec Baldwin. Um, Thank like, God, in, some legitimacy in, in, on the project. <laughs> exactly. But he's like interviewing people about like Elvis and how like Elvis stole his songs and oh, stuff. Oh my gosh. Wait, Alec Baldwin's? Yeah, interviewing people about, like, Elvis. And they're still alive somehow. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's also... uh, He ran himself into the ground. Well, no, he'll, like, like, interview, like, Chuck D from Public Enemy. Oh, my God. Yeah, because you know how they have that line, like, uh, Elvis, goddamn racist, fuck him and John Wayne. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, like, so he, like, asked them about that song. I don't know, it's, it's cool. I bet if we watched one of those, like, Elvis Goes to Hawaii movies, we'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe, like, a lot of this stuff from back then was very problematic. <laughs> Elvis was problematic. 14-year-old girl in Germany, he met her while he was stationed there because he got drafted. They did television stuff about it. I went to Graceland. <laughs> and then I read all the dish from uh, the books that got published by his ex-security guard and all the, he, he liked to find young women and have them uh, do things with each other while they watch. Wait, w- really? Yeah, it's all really shitty and awful. And he had this weird mother complex where as soon as his wife was pregnant, he just, like, didn't touch her. So he's, like, an Orthodox Jew in that sense? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm from personal experience, but perhaps. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, uh... Yeah, uh, we we went on sidetrack there with I'm Elvis. Alright with that. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, but Billy Joe Armstrong, you you you'd uh, experienced Green Day in the past. Yeah. I uh, in when when uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams came out, oh, they like geez. hit that younger audience hard. Yep. Because that song is that, pure pop, but those, it's still like, valid. High school days, just like it's so far from. Uh, like the anger from before is just sort of like I wander about. No one understands me. Yeah, no. Um, my it's like transparent. My high school uh, garage band. We did cover Holiday. From That's that amazing. Album. Yeah, I heard a, I heard a band play Holiday, mm-hmm. and we played Take a Walk on the Wild Side. <laughs> um, <laughs> we played actual punk rock, like Take a Walk on the Wild. Side. Yeah, real punk rock <laughs> from the Velvet Underground. It's got a little bass chord in it. It's very nice. Uh, I don't remember the other songs. Oh, we played uh, Make Love in This Club that was covered by, like, a white band. So it, like, turned into a... You know, like, really white. I don't know why we're talking about it. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, um, you play music and your stuff 
outside of uh, this podcast. Why don't you let our audience know what you do? Okay, so uh, I started on the saxophone in sixth grade. I did piano in like kindergarten, first grade. Uh, and now I play the four string banjo because I got into jazz because of the records my dad had. And I liked the rhythm section on the Lester Young stuff. If you're looking for a recommendation in jazz, Lester Young's a great place to start. Because um, he worked with Count Basie and Billy Holiday. It's very good. And uh, who do you play your banjo with? I usually play it all by myself in my room. No one's there. Sometimes I go out and play it in the subway, and that's really fun. Uh, but in most recently, I played it for uh, my wonderful partner, Sarah. I had a one-woman show that she wrote uh, three other people into. Oh. <laughs> so we were her backup band. So I played, uh, you know the song Send Me On My Way from like a long time ago. It was also an Ice Age. It's got a Native American undertone. It's really funky bass-wise. So our roommate that plays the bass played the bass and I played banjo on it and it fit conveniently on the instrument. Uh, and I was just working on, <laughs> well, I, I have a parody of Anything Goes because I was like, I want to write uh, hard lyric parodies. So I was like, I'll find a Cole Porter song. It's like a complicated rhyme. Oh, not not of the, the musical? It is, it is the musical. Okay. Uh, but the, the song itself was such a parlor trick mm-hmm. that the man would sit down at the piano at a fancy party, sing through the thing, and it had topical references in it. It, mm-hmm. it was talking about Rockefeller. It was talking about all these yep. people. So he had like, I don't know, 15 verses that he could interchange. Maybe I'm exaggerating. Maybe he had like four. But it was a lot, uh, and it's different in the musical than it is in his versions. And anyway. this was the original We Didn't Start the Fire. Exactly. Thank you. Billy Joel, punk rock. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. what's more punk rock than driving through someone's house drunk and then saying, okay, I'll play a show for you? Uh, or, or, you know, moving out. That's punk rock. Yeah. You got to move out sometime. You can't. Stay in your... Scenes from an Italian <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> Punk rock. Oh. So, Robert, you're, yes. a, com- you're a comedian, uh, improviser. Yes. Uh, wh- wh- what do you have going on in the city? Where can people see you? At QED Astoria, on the Astoria Dittmar's stop, I do a show called The Cheap Show. It's about with two E's, just to be confusing when you search for it. Like cheap like a bird makes? Exactly. Uh, and it's me and my roommate, Levi... Uh, we're both super white, post-Christian. Um, uh, Post-Christian? What does that mean? It, it just means that we're both sort of like, we will always have God stuff in our material just because we're still fucking dealing with it in some way. Even though, like, I wasn't totally scarred by everything, but it really bothers me. All of it bothers me. You can't watch Spotlight and be like, yeah, church is good for some people. Yeah, like, you can't. There's just too many harms justified. Uh, Sounds like someone uh, grew up in the Midwest. Well, it's Houston, Texas, but uh, I was Lutheran, which means I listened a lot to Prairie Home Companion, which <laughs> is a very Midwest feeling. That guy now problematic too. He can't, know. he was like out of everyone, really. Yeah, I well, he's the creepiest man alive. It, when you really think about who wants to do an old radio show where they where they write all of it, write themselves as a cowboy and a and a detective and uh, a sad English major sing uh, bass harmonies with people that come on the show. Uh, he was a he was a renaissance man that looked like Quasimodo. Like, he looks yeah, like he Lon is... Chaney dressing up in an old silent movie. And yeah. he, so- he sounds like me, because I have a whistle in my S's. 
I feel like you're trying to put a whistle into your essence. No, I'm demonstrating, but if you go back to the beginning of the podcast, you'll hear it. It's somewhere in there. All right, I will look for it. Um, so, you show, Cheap Show, QED Astoria. Yes, and I also work with Comedy Sports New York, which oh. is every Saturday there's a show at 6 at the Broadway Comedy Club. Conveniently located on 8th Avenue. Uh, We've had comedy sports (laughs) members on the show. No shit. Who? Uh, uh, Betty McCall? Betty McCall! She's brand new to the team. I'm really excited about working with her. She was just on our last episode. That's amazing. We had her play Avril Lavigne. It was pretty funny. That's amazing. Yeah. Wait, are all these music themed? Um... Sometimes. (laughs) It all depends on what I think would uh, be most apropos. Uh, Yeah, no, I uh, went on ski prob with Betty uh, up in Vermont. That is a vacation for improvisers? Basically. It is church camp without the church? Yeah, I mean, improv is a cult, so... Um, so if anyone wants to see your days in details and where to find you, where can they find all your information? Thecheapshow.com has information about performances of that venue. Uh, my name's Robert Price, which is a pretty common name, but if you search for Robert Zero Price on various platforms, you might locate me. Uh, I'm pretty active on Instagram, and on Facebook, I'm holding out. I so think what's your insta- what's your Instagram handle? I think it's Robert Zero Price. It's a zero. Okay. Uh, it looks like an O that's capitalized, but you just gotta type it right. Fair enough. I think my bio is liquid white chocolate center of attention. Very cool. Well, thank you, Robert, for coming out here, and thank you all for listening. If you want to find us on Instagram, we're at yesandiam. Go check us out. Give us a follow. Also, if you have not given our show a rating and review yet, go do that. Helps more people find the show and keeps us happy. Thank you all for listening again, and we will see you all next time. Hold on. I want to thank Aaron for inviting me here to do a podcast and it happening to be my birthday, because this is like... Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. It's the fucking best. I love this. Happy birthday to Robert. (laughs) Bye-bye.